0: This is Entheogen, three human beings discussing generating the divine within while still being human beings. In this episode, recorded on March 30th, 2015, we're discussing medicinal herbs. And we'd like to welcome a guest, Dan the Mountain Man. Uh, Dan, would you like us to use your uh, full name, or is, is Mountain Man Dan uh, the preferred nomenclature?
1: Um, Mountain Man Dan is fine.
0: And how do you pronounce the word nomenclature, clature?
1: Because
0: I just <laughs> completely so have to
2: <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so welcome,
0: Mountain Man Dan.
2: Yeah, thanks for joining us, Dan. Yeah, Dan, your, uh, your, your name has come up so many times since uh, New Year's Eve, and uh, it was, a, it was quite, a, quite an interesting night in general, and uh, you, you definitely added to it, and you, uh, you made us think a lot since then, so it's great to well, have you. Thank you
1: very much. It was uh, one of the best New Year's I've had in several years.
3: Nice. So I haven't, I haven't met Dan, but Joe, you and Kevin, I guess, hung out with him on New Year's Eve. What, J- Joe? Did you know Dan before, or what's the connection?
0: No, no, I, I didn't. We kind of, um, we kind of have some mutual friends, and uh, so we were all, we all ended up, you know, at at the same place uh, for New Year's, and we got quite an education in medicinal plants and herbs from Dan. Um, and the the thing that I remember most strongly was um, the introduction to a a plant called lion's tail, um, which was just like a beautiful herb to kind of like, you know, have a, have a bunch of and, uh, and to throw it in a bowl and smoke it. And it was just like this really delicious tasting plant. And I noticed the effects, you know, pretty, pretty immediately. Um, whereas I had always been under the impression that with medicinal plants and herbs, it's kind of like. They're less effective than you know real drugs, you know. Right when quotes, um, <laughs> you know, and they're they're like because they're less refined, they're less um, you know uh, like extracted or synthesized or um, I guess refined is the right word, um, you know. So aside from the standard, you know, uh, you know uh, cannabis that has been uh, bred to be super potent, you know, over the over the years, over especially the last decades. Um, other plants I always thought would be less effective and you'd kind of just have to like really squint to like notice the effect. Right. But lion's tail was, um, was pretty awesome. was just a, how would you describe the effects of of that, Dan?
1: Um, it's a very calming property. It's similar to cannabis, but it doesn't give you the same anxiety in my own, uh, working with it. Yeah,
0: I would, I would tend to agree with that.
1: It's not as harsh. It gives like a muscle relaxant quality to the, um, especially to the, like the back and core
0: yeah and you you had mentioned um, that one of the ways you got into this uh, you know experimenting with medicinal plants and herbs was uh, specifically to heal your back so was this one of the, the first ones you you discovered
1: well the way that I came across lion's tail was actually through my research with cannabis because cannabis was my first choice um, my parents aren't really very fond of cannabis so I was looking for a legal alternative and came across lion's tail which i liked quite a bit. So would you say it that it was probably one of the 6th or 7th herbs that i came across?
0: So it was um so cannabis was kind of a gateway drug into these other plants.
2: <laughs> um, not exactly. <laughs> Very nice. I was going to say it's it's amazing how you know how how angry can your parents get about you smoking something called lion's tail? Yeah, you know, like, as long as he's not smoking weed, I don't give a shit. Pretty much, that
1: was the uh, <laughs> yeah. that was the ar- argument completely. Actually, <laughs>
2: Great.
1: Wow. brilliantly
0: wow. done. So, well, lion's tail. Uh, I guess the um, an- another name for it, I guess you'd say, is is wild daga. Is that right?
1: Yep, in Africa, weed is known as daga. And what lion's tail is known as wild daga because it has cannabis like properties, but doesn't contain THC.
0: I'm, I'm curious also, just speaking of, you know, that's an African plant, as you mentioned. I noticed the other night it was, uh, it, it paired very well with um, rooibos tea. Um, and they kind of have a similar taste almost. I don't know if you, do you know anything about that connection, if there is one?
1: I don't know if there's a connection on that
0: so I think ro- rooibos is another, you know, African um, bush, I guess, or plant, and uh, so I was just curious if, if, you know, daga or wild daga was related. So daga is what they call cannabis, and you're saying wild daga is like, you know, they just obviously name it because it's similar to cannabis?
1: Uh, well, it smokes simil- similarly, it a little bit similar in the growing path.
0: Gotcha. And, Dan, we're having a little glitchiness with your audio. Um, just occurred to me after i was having a, a uh, you know a bowl of lion's tail and uh and some rooibos tea and i thought these really kind of pair well together they they,
2: they now, Joey, were you the were you sm- smoking that or eating that what were you uh what do you mean oh,
0: the bowl"? B- b- bowl. <laughs> 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 b- <laughs> <laughs> I was smoking the lion's tail and I was drinking the the, the Rooibos. Mm, Very uh, nice. Yeah. So and then so Dan, when I saw you again a couple, uh, I don't know, a week ago or so, and you mentioned that. Um, so wild daga. There's also another daga, another kind of daga.
1: Yeah, there's actually several kinds. Uh, the other most known is um, clip daga. Clip. Clip. C L I P.
0: K-L-I-P.
1: K-L-I-P, Clip Daga.
0: Okay. And how would you distinguish between the two as far as like, the effects go?
1: Uh, it's more like a calmness to the mind rather than the body. It's yeah. got anti-anxiety properties, anti-spasmatic, um, anti-depressant qualities.
0: Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's quite a range of effects and uh, sounds a lot like cannabis, actually, in some ways.
1: Yeah, when you mix the two of them together, you get more of a cannabis-like property.
0: But then I guess the daga kind of stretches the, the, the bowl a little bit. So you, it stretches the material so you're not, uh, you know, wasting as much, right?
2: Yep. And uh, Dan, I remember on uh, New Year's, like, uh, kind of being fascinated by, like, your own personal story, like how, how uh, you became interested. And in, uh, I don't know if you could just comment on that.
1: Um, well, when I was younger, I got hurt several times. Uh, I took a bad fall and injured my lower back. And never really knew. Um, The doctors never saw it and whatnot. So as I grew, I did football and basketball and hiking and backpacking and whitewater rafting and got hurt a lot. But if I was better in a week to two weeks, then I didn't really go to the doctor for it. Now, when I was older, it was discovered that I had actually broken my back 13 times over an 11-year period without knowing. Jesus. Wow. (laughs) So I had two titanium rods and 22 screws put in my spine to immobilize 80% of my spine. Um, It was a 13-hour long surgery. Uh, I woke up an hour after surgery. To prepare prior to the surgery, I I would drink about a gallon of different kinds of teas each day and a combination of herbs that were supposedly used to increase muscle function and healing capability for the bones, ligaments, tendons, and uh, overall digestive and circulatory system. And then uh, after the surgery, I woke up an hour after surgery and was out of the hospital in two days. Hmm. Wow. Um,
3: wow! Dan, so all of the preparation, were you working? Was that under your own research that you would take this or did a yep, healer? or I mean, it was or under that? my
1: own research. Um, okay. Sometimes I'll get recommended herbs from a sort of doctors that I've seen or something like that, so I'll do some research on them. And cool. then I'll do like a trial period for about a week-long period of time to see how they affect my body and how my body reacts to them. And if it's a positive reaction, I'll continue to take it for about a month and then stop use for a couple weeks. And if it's not a positive reaction, then, uh, stop taking it.
0: Hmm. That sounds like a really kind of systematic way to go about it. Um, you know, building in your own sort of, uh, you know, trials and tests and things to, you know, not only just keep smoking it or, or using an herb or taking the tea for, you know, just indefinitely with the assumption of there there being an effect, but you actually kind of testing it by, by doing it for a certain period of time and then, you know, stopping. And I guess you, would you then, you know, uh, kind of check the effects afterwards and see how, how it changes?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll see like how my daily energy level changes or Um, How storms affect me. I get affected by uh, the change of barometric pressure rather rapidly because of the injuries I've sustained over the years. So if I can, if that quality of life changes and I can get up and I have less pain while being on a certain regimen of herbs, then I'll try to figure out which herbs inside of that regimen are benefiting me the most.
2: Dan, are you ever worried about, I mean, uh, what kind of research do you do about possibly mi- mixing mixing things? I just, into the wild just came into my head here. <laughs> you know, it's just like kind of, a, you know, you have to be a little bit cautious about that.
1: I do read a lot of textbooks and do research online um, and with the sort of different college websites as well to try to figure out, okay, well, this has a couple different chemicals in it that can raise your blood pressure. And I probably shouldn't mix that with these that will also raise my blood pressure and these that will also raise my blood pressure.
2: Okay.
0: And you mentioned that the, the regimen is kind of, um, you know, evolving over time. Is it, is it a constant process to kind of figure out what's working or do you think you're, you're sort of just, you know, it's still an experimental stage to figure out what's best and then eventually you'll settle in on, you know, on, on a, a certain number of, of, uh, uh, plants.
1: Well, there's so many different varieties of plants, and as a human being, we're always kind of looking for a little bit more to see what we can do a little bit better. So I'm always looking at new plants to see if they're a little bit more effective than the ones that I was using prior to that.
0: That makes sense. Is there any kind of um, tolerance that's built up in any of these things?
1: Uh, Yeah, a lot of herbs will actually, um, you'll gain a tolerance to them over time. With most herbs, you don't want to take it for more than two to three months before you take a break from it. Because either you'll build, build up a tolerance or it'll actually start to become toxic to your body.
2: Hmm. Oh, wow. Hmm. And Dan, there was one herb that you, that you mentioned on uh, New Year's that I kind of, I don't know, kind of looked at a few times o- online, but I've never uh, tried again, which is blue lotus. I thought maybe you could, I don't know, just mention something about that.
1: Oh, I, uh, I smoked blue, blue lotus a couple of times. And I've also made tea out of it. It's got a uh, narcotic like effect. Um while I was in well I, after I had surgery while I was still in the hospital I had a morphine catheter in my spine that uh released a morphine from a pump that I had a switch to and blue lotus definitely had a morphine like undertone to it um
2: yeah that's kind of the got, thing I found fascinating about it it seems like it's a it's a plant that uh uh, originates in egypt and it seems to be uh like historical references to it for a long time going back and it's a it's it's kind of like the the entheogen of its day and at certain moments and it it is definitely responsible for producing a certain uh notable experience
1: it was a very calming uh, mood lifting experience colors got significantly brighter i guess the best way to put it was uh the beginning stage of a dream Hmm.
0: Yeah. I've, wow. I've heard it used for, I guess, lucid dreaming Is that, is that something you've uh, experimented with?
1: I have um, I do enjoy it for lucid dreaming on occasion I'll mix it with uh, mugwort And have it in a smoking blend or as a tea And do you ever
0: experiment with any kind of extractions Or um, you know, refinements of these compounds Like extracting the active alkaloids And, and you know, concentrating them in some way?
1: Uh, Blue Lotus. I've worked with extractions from that, as well as from Kanna flower. Uh Yeah, Kanna flower is considered one of the most uh, influential herbs in the development of the human psyche. Hmm. Wow, it's a smokable herb. It increases. It gives you a heightened sense of alertness and focus, as well as uh, a faster perception of variables around you, such as sound and sight
3: and you what you mentioned about its relationship with human did you say consciousness do you mean that historically like it's it's a uh, historically are, yeah so there are like certain accounts that are thought to have been like either from a religious perspective or a political or artistic perspective or any specific examples you can think of or you know of
2: i've just pulled up kana here which i had never read about before and
3: uh, yeah, it's new to me too. That's why I was curious about it. Yeah,
2: good good website, by the way. If you're interested in uh, the, anything that uh, the Dan is talking about, it's called smokableherbs.com and it's just kind of uh, kind of uh, some good. I don't know. It's a good reference uh, for a lot of the the plants that Dan has mentioned. It's kind of something I've been looking at over the last few days, uh, thinking about his visit.
0: We've talked about um, you know just a, f- a few different substances here, and I'm sure there's a lot of research out there, but. For somebody, you know, kind of getting into some of these um legal medicinal herbs and plants, um, could you recommend any kind of equipment that would come in handy, like a certain kind of uh pipe or um this also definitely want to talk about vaporizers and which ones work best with uh with plant matter.
1: I do recommend patience for anybody who decides to endeavor in this. Patience. Patience?
0: Patience. Just in general, like you mean, just in uh, the, the virtue of patience to uh, yep. explore this stuff. <laughs> yeah, got it, got it.
3: <laughs> Joe, you asked that with an incredulousness. Like, patience,
0: <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> he can't be serious. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get,
1: I want to get fucked I up did. right now.
0: <laughs> um, so okay, so patience out of a
1: glass piece is, uh, has been my preferred.
0: Okay, so a a glass a glass uh just like a standard glass bowl that you you know with yeah, your- a standard
1: glass bowl, some herbs can be a little bit harsh, so some some people might enjoy it out of a bong more okay
2: well, Dan, I have a question if your If your parents are against uh marijuana and then they see you with a bong, but you know they don't know what's in it, how do they react to that
1: uh what they don't know can't hurt me. <laughs> which which brings me, <laughs> I like the twist on that.
2: Very nice. They can't hurt them. No, me. They can't. They can't hurt me. <laughs> I uh, also, Dan, one of the one of the things that stuck with me from uh, our conversations on New Year's was this absolutely hilarious story you told us about uh, baking with uh, or just cooking in general with with different herbs and plants.
1: Sorry, my uh, my phone just cut out.
2: No, oh, no worries.
1: <laughs> I, I did do that.
2: <laughs> that was that was quite a story. Would you would you mind retelling that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that should go on air though. Ah, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a
2: good point.
0: <laughs> so let's see. Okay, so you mentioned a, a glass bowl, you know, or a bong would be good to smoke um these various herbs. What about a vaporizer? Because I know, you know, part of the design of of the um just vaporizing um herb in general is uh, to b- basically heat it to the temperature of—I guess it's literally the temperature of vaporization, which is like the, you know high school physics term for you know at what temperature does the substance change from a liquid to a gas? Um, so in this case, we're you know targeting the the active um, cannabinoids in in uh, in marijuana, um, you know THC. What what temperature does that vaporize at? And I guess a lot of vaporizers are, are sort of calibrated to that temperature. Um, do you have to be so exacting or can you just kind of shove some, you know, random herb into any old vaporizer and, and pretty much get some good results?
1: Uh, the results aren't always good. That's actually what I did with one of my friend's vaporizers. Uh, we stayed up for six or seven hours and tested like 45 different herbs out of his vaporizer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is, this is where I Science. going for on the, like, you know, how do you know what to cross and not to cross? You know, like 45 in a row, <laughs> you know? Right.
1: Yeah. It, it, it. There's old herbalists and there's bold herbalists. Uh, <laughs> right. Some things are just a whim of the moment. I've smoked them in the past and been like, well... I know that if I smoke five grams of this, it's not going to be good for me, but if I mix it in small amounts and wait 25 minutes or 30 minutes for my body to metabolize it, a lot of herbs, when you smoke them, aren't strong enough to do serious damage, I guess, to you if you use them in smaller amounts. Okay. So
0: you were more interested in just um, detecting you know, uh, any kind of effect from you know, various temperatures, I guess, and trying to see which, yep. which you know, temperatures work better?
1: Yeah. um, After you use a bunch of these different herbs, if you use them a couple of times, you start to see small effects that they have or small things that they change, whether it be in the course of a day, uh, if you've had more caffeine that day, or if you're a little bit calmer that day or more relaxed, the herbs might affect you a little bit differently compared to if you're stressed out or if you're not well rested. One of the most interesting things that. that I had... That occurred was uh after staying up for sixty two hours, certain herbs that I smoked made colors significantly brighter.
0: <laughs> and all you have to do is stay up for sixty two hours to get that effect?
1: Sixty two hours and smoke some assorted herbs. Interesting. So
2: 62, you, you sixty two hours and forty five herbs.
1: <laughs> you, you do the math. <laughs>
0: So did you make any discoveries about which vaporizers in particular, like which brands seem to work better with, with which herbs or, or The Whisper
1: worked pretty well. Whisper? Yeah, it's a square looking vaporizer. It's a square box and it's called a Whisper and it's not very quiet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> so we'll have to link that in the show notes for, for listeners, um, the, the Whisper vaporizer. And what makes that particularly well suited to smoking various herbs?
1: Uh, it heated up to a good temperature. Um, okay. it was hotter than what was required to vaporize bud. Uh, you could hold the button on it to get it to heat up for a little bit longer.
0: Interesting. Okay. And, uh, and now do these, does the whisper in, in particular and, uh, you know, do other vaporizers in general tend to be designed to work with just, you know, sort of ground, ground, uh, plant material?
1: For the most part, yeah.
0: And what about extractions? Have you ever vaporized any any extractions?
1: The one thing I noticed with extractions, because they're in a powdered form, or if they're in a solid form or a liquid form, on, va- on certain vaporizers, they seem to clog the vaporizer up rather quickly.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, do you, do you have do you have? Uh, I mean, I imagine you began your research uh, alone, and now, I, from the stories you tell, it seems like you've kind of uh, found a, sort of a community. Is this something that's kind of kind of kept growing and growing?
1: I have a lot of friends that just let me try my herbs on them. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what it comes down to. It's I have a bunch of different friends that sometimes, even though I'm not a licensed medical professional and I haven't been trained in herbs I have a variety of friends that will come to me and be like hey I have such and such wrong with me and I don't want to go to the doctor can you make up a tea that might help in some way so I have a lot of different friends that have become my uh, guinea pigs for
2: my herbs <laughs> interesting yeah, you sound these. like
3: kind of a, a contemporary uh, Cundera, the South, South American term for Spanish term for a healer
1: Huh. Uh, yeah, I guess I could be considered a healer of sorts.
2: Does that get you into weird situations with uh, some people where you're like, I did, really didn't want to know that you had that affliction?
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's, I can imagine that. It's like, yeah, that's great. Uh, go, <laughs> go tell someone else.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I like working with herbs and I like being able to help people, but on the same hand... A lot of things that you just never needed to know about a person.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That was a quick chat with Mountain Man Dan on Entheogen. Find out more at entheogenshow.com.